And so I've created a brand new Visionary Retreat Leaders Checklist. This is pure gold, folks. This is all stuff that I have learned through my own planning processes over the last 10 years that I've been delivering retreats. So if you want to get your hands on a copy, it's absolutely free. You can go to my website, www.theallisonk.com. Click on the can work with me icon, work with me, which is on the left-hand side. If you go to my website and click it and you start scrolling down the page and there'll be a pop-up window that will appear and you can just put your email address in and we'll be glad to send it to you. So make sure you take advantage of this. This is an amazing free offer. This is worth its weight in gold. And quite honestly, I see a lot of people charging a lot of money for the stuff that I'm just giving to you for free. So go get your hands on it. I would love to get your feedback, see what you think, but definitely take it as a free gift from me because I really believe in over-delivering and over-sharing. And I just want you to be able to have it so that you can start using it and planning your own retreats and events. So take advantage. I would love to hear what you think. Welcome to the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am Allison Katzkowski, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to check out exactly what we're talking about. Self-care means so many things to people. It's one of the reasons I decided to start this show. And you'll hear self-care discussed from a number of different angles in this space. I am grateful to have you with me, and I hope you get a lot out of what I'm going to share with you today. Hey, everybody, it's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I'm excited to be with you on this Tuesday morning. I am your host. And as always, we're going to have a fantastic time today. So thank you for being here with me on the ride. My guest today is Gloria Chow. We connected online um, several weeks ago, and uh, we were able to schedule some time to chat. We're going to have a great conversation um, about a lot of things. So Gloria, thank you so much for joining me today. Yay. Thanks for having me, Allison. Of course. So please introduce yourself to my audience. If you don't mind, just tell them a little bit about you, a little bit about your story, and then we'll go from there. So I'm Gloria. I'm born in LA, based in Brooklyn, where my New Yorker's at. Um, I am a small business PR coach after abandoning a career as a US diplomat. So if anyone's looking for a story about career change, this one is for you. I help mainly women of color founders get seen, heard, and valued by teaching them how to cold pitch, which is to me, one of those priceless skills in life that helps us advocate for ourselves and make impact. So that's what I do in my program, the PR Starter Pack. I also have my own podcast called Small Business PR, where we peel away the curtains about what it takes to actually get featured without any PR agency experience. Fantastic. Wow. A former diplomat. Tell me about that for a few minutes. You know, I grew up uh, in a multilingual and, and multicultural household. Like my mother is an immigrant from China. And I've always just been fascinated in diplomacy and international relations. So I studied international relations. I studied abroad in South Africa in in uh, college. And I just thought that I would always work in an international kind of, you know, realm. And so when I applied for grad school, I applied for various scholarships. And I got a scholarship from the U.S. State Department. And basically, I was pre-selected to be a U.S. Um, diplomat. And I got my security clearance and I was set up for this 25-year career you know, with uh-huh. a pension. And uh, I quickly realized that that was not the life path for me, which was very bittersweet because as you can imagine, it's such a comfortable life, right? Um, and I, But I was felt like I was really suffering inside. I think I, I was born to be a creative. And I think knowing that what the path I was going down, even though on the outside, look picture perfect. I was suffering inside. I had to make the hard decision to 
cut ties with that and move back home and basically start over. And that's that's why I have the business I have now is just by starting over and giving up something that seemed like a dream for many people. Yeah, well, I, I really don't. I really don't believe in accidents. I feel like everything appears in our path at a certain time, and whether or not we choose what we choose to make of it is really up to us. But mm-hmm. you had that feeling that something wasn't right, that you really weren't feeling aligned or 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 what connected or whatever you want to call it. You felt like you were just being called to another purpose. I can imagine mentally what that felt like, though. It was a blow to my ego. I think with so many things in life. It's your ego holding you back, right? It's that uncertainty. And I think the more we get used to stepping into the unknown, the more we're able to truly listen to what we really want to do and explore our full potential. And so that's really what it was. It was letting go of my ego, um, which was soul crushing on many levels because I had a pension, I had all the things and to not know where to go next was really soul crushing for me, you know? Um, And so through that journey of, being alone many nights, crying myself to sleep, thinking like, what did I do with my life? You know, I gave up something that, you know, took so many years to achieve. I started to just really build the muscle of resilience and listening to myself and trusting that it's going to be okay, that I wasn't going to be out on the streets and I can do little jobs here and there. And it's not going to be the most prestigious job. But I have a way to make income. And and so that's kind of how I started building my PR business, which I feel so in flow now. Like I wake up every morning and I feel so grateful to do what I do. And you can hear it in my voice. Like I'm a different person now than I was when I was wearing that mask because that really wasn't my true calling. Yeah. Well, so let's let's start there for just a few minutes. Uh, Kind of walk me through the process of when you sort of started to feel the calling inside of you that something wasn't working. But maybe, just maybe I don't know about you, but sometimes when I've had that feeling in my life, at least years ago, I often didn't listen to it right away. No, I would think, oh, this will pass. Oh, I don't really know what that means. And besides, I don't really know what I would do anyway. Let's, I'm just going to ride this out and see what happens. Because I'm sure there are a lot of people that think about that, especially when it comes to how they're choosing to live out their purpose. Well, you know, life always talks to you in little whispers. And when you don't listen to it, it it hits you like a ton of bricks. So for me, in a physiological level, I started having anxiety attacks. I felt really stuck all the time. It's this kind of um, stirring energy in my chest. It would get tight. And I would always wonder, like, why do I feel like that? Like, why do I feel so stuck, even though I had like such a picture perfect life? And I think that's the beginning of when you know your life is out of alignment for your true calling. And look, not everyone knows your true calling, right? It's not like like everyone was born and it's like, this totally. is what I'm going to do. I would agree with but that. I think so many people align their true calling with like a job or a role. And that's not true. I don't think that your calling is in a job. I think your calling is the expression of your personality and your gifts through whatever job that is. So whether it's PR for me or doing something else, I'm still going to be able to express that personality. I just wasn't able to do it in that cur- in that former job where it really wasn't about you know me being a great communicator, me being a storyteller, me coming up with innovative solutions. It was a very kind of military-esque, like rank and rank and order, like very rule abiding, no creative thinking. And for some people it works, but I realized that that was literally the antithesis of me. And so that's why it caused such a, such a stirring stuck feeling. Yeah. Well, I love how you mentioned a couple of things. You said, you know, not everybody's really going to know what their calling is, at least right away. Okay. You know, there, I really think there are very few people that just 
or kind of think as a teenager, or even as a young adult, that know, they know exactly what they want to do, right? Some people do, but the majority of people don't. But I love how you said finding your calling is really the expression of your personality with your lifestyle and being able to kind of live in a way where you feel like everything is lined up from how you choose to serve, how you even choose to do yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so it's not again, it's not about the job. I think so much of our American internalized capitalism tells us that our job, our title, our organization, the association that we have to certain brand names, that's what makes our identity. And so it's been a really beautiful sacred journey of unraveling that where, you know, I didn't have the prestige and I didn't have a fancy name attached to me. All I had was me. And so from that journey of building my community and being an entrepreneur, has made me realize so many things about myself that I don't think I would have learned if I was in that corporate structure. And look, not everyone is designed to be an entrepreneur. Like my husband will never be an entrepreneur and like great yeah. for him, right? It's just right. a matter of knowing what yeah, the world needs you. that the world needs people that are in the corporate structure too. Let's yeah. you know, let's be clear, right? Yeah. So let's then fast forward that you're getting this feeling, you're thinking something's not working, you're 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 kind of leaning in, you're kind of getting curious, right? So did you ever get to the point where you just felt like you had hit the wall? Like maybe you were burned out, you were uninspired, not interested, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, I have a good burnout story from like when I was burned out in my PR business, but for I wouldn't call that period burning out. I would call that period just out of alignment and feeling stuck with my life, which I honestly think was worse than burning out because you I because I I it wasn't like I was doing what I was loving. It was just like I had no effing clue where my life was going. Yeah. yeah. So I I think it happened. So I went to the hair salon a few years into my I was only in the in the diplomatic corps for like three years. So like two years in, I went to the hair salon and my stylist was like, Hey, are you okay? I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, You're you have like alopecia, like you're you're losing hair. And he showed me I had this bald spot on the back of my scalp. And you know, your body's always talking to you, right? Totally all the time. And I was also in a very toxic and abusive relationship. So it goes to say that when things when you're not when you're not living in life in alignment, look around you because other things are probably not in alignment either. So my relationship wasn't in alignment. My job wasn't in alignment. And once you start to peel away those layers and start to re- to start over again and, and be completely in flow with like knowing who you are, what you want to do, you'll start attracting that energy. But I was yeah. just at a vibrational level where like nothing was aligning. Like I was, yeah. I felt like I was living yeah. a lie. And yeah. so everything from my friendships to my relationships, it that's what it was. It was symptomatic yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So let's fast forward now. You're you've you've decided to make the break, and you've gone in. You've got your PR business up and going. You mentioned that you sort of almost came to a point of burnout there. So I'm yeah. picturing. You correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just I'm picturing. You've gone to all this decision making, you know, to make the change. You're you know telling yourself, I'm going to figure it out. I'll make it work, right? And I can sort of see, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm sort of sensing is, is that you kind of jumped in to kind of creating the next thing. And then what happened next? Did you hit the wall then? Well, I wish it was that simple because I think a lot of people do leave government work and they find these really nice, fancy jobs at tech companies. I think I applied for over a thousand jobs in PR and I got rejected from every single one because they wanted a very cookie cutter agency experience, which I didn't have. Yeah. So that was the universe really closing the door on that one. And I'm so glad it did because through being rejected a thousand times, 
I had to do PR my own way without contacts, without any PR knowledge by basically, I kid you not, dialing the operator at New York Times and convincing that person to pass me on to the next person, to the next person. And just like literally calling newsrooms, like cold calling to where I hacked the system. And now I have a system of how to cold pitch that I teach to thousands of founders around the world. Mm-hmm. Had I not had that, I wouldn't have been able to come up with my own method, right? So the universe really planned that for me. And that's why I have my PR program because no one's doing PR this way. Traditionally, we're told that we need to pay someone for access. And I'm saying, F that, we can be featured yeah. in the media. We just need you to know basically got a, a crash course in your product. You're <laughs> exactly. Product, right? it's, it was meant to be. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it was many years, right? It was many years of being single, mourning the loss of that relationship, recovering from that relationship, building the business. But finally, I feel like, you know, we, we, I started to, you know, do my business during COVID. So basically COVID happened. I was doing PR consulting and I lost my entire runway, right? Because nobody wanted to pay for PR. So I started to productize my business and that's when my PR course, my program really took off, right? As you know, it's the online, online space. And just from like working endlessly and like always chasing the next goal post and being sucked into this online world digital course gold rush. Um, I quickly developed a fibroid tumor in my uterus and I don't know how it it became so large, but basically um, I got an ultrasound and they said it was uh, 13 centimeters, which is like the size of a baby's head. And I'm Mm. a small, I'm a small person. I'm like five foot one. So it was like, it was, the doctor was like, you know, it's, it's so big that we can't remove it through non-invasive surgery, you need an open abdominal C-section basically. And I have never even broken a, a finger. Yeah, and like, right. so the thought of like being cut no open. No finger, go home. No pun yeah, intended, right? Yeah. I was like petrified. And so basically I got the surgery and I, of course I didn't let myself recover. So basically it was a C-section. And you know, when you hear stories of people getting C-section, I've never had a child, but I feel like I did give, give birth to this like tumor. The people stay home for like weeks on it. Like people don't totally. do anything for, like a good month. Not I was to mention up- major abdominal surgery, right? Yeah. yeah. I was back on the computer on day three. And then four weeks later, I pulled off my first six-figure launch. And then I went into complete mental burnout because I didn't let my body rest. I, I had spiraling. Yeah. And 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 I started to like deconstruct what that means. So for, for, well, first of all, like I would be at a party with my friends and I'd start crying. I would start burst out crying. I would get so fatigued with every little decision that when my team messaged me, I would get so overwhelmed that I my body would shut down. I'd have to go and lay in bed like horizontally. Um, I had spiraling thoughts. I just wasn't able to be present. And I thought yeah. I needed to see a psychiatrist. And I realized like that was burnout. Like I, I was stress blinking, blinking too, because I was talking wow. to my friend and my friend was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, what do you mean? And he's like, you're blinking like 30 million times a minute. Like it, it looks like you're having a seizure and, and it, it looks like you're like, you know, you took like 30 shots of espresso. And so yeah. I started to like, or do you got some something reading. in your eye and you're like blinking. Trying, yeah, exactly. Like my nervous system was so out of whack. And so I started to look into like, you know, you know, psychosomatic stuff where everything is energy. And I, I read about the fibroid being kind of in your sacral chakra, which controls money. <laughs> and I've always had a scarcity thing about money. Like my relationship with money illuminates so much about my my childhood trauma. You know, I grew up as a single, uh, a daughter of immigrants. My father died when I was three. My mother worked away from home. So I think I only lived with her for eight years of my entire life. And so not having that structure and then seeing my mom restart her life over and over had it ingrained in me that I just needed to 
work as hard as I could because the more money I had, the more safe I was. The more money I had, the more worthy I was. And it was this never ending chase. So I did, you know, a six figure launch. I was looking for the site, the seventh one. It was just nonstop. Mm -hmm. And so from doing all the work, I realized that, oh my God, this is really my life's work is realizing that money is a source of safety to me. And that's why I worked myself like I I basically abused myself and I feel sorry for that person who was like online wearing bandages. Like I have a video of myself like giving a webinar while I was wearing bandages and I want to cry when I think about that because that's me operating in such a scarcity mindset of like, no matter how much money I made, Allison, I felt like it was not enough. Like I have a million dollars. Also, the the other thing that's coming up for me here as as I'm listening to you talk is, is that we get good at what we do often. So, Mm. you're continuing to go, even though your body's pushing back and you feel it, you don't want to address it because that means you'll have to stop and step out of the game. And then, oh my gosh, what happens if all the same? Exactly. Right. It's kind of like, right. But you're like, no, I'm in, I'm in, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing. Right. Yeah. And I realized, like, why is it that I've made more money than I thought I could? And I'm deeply unhappy. (laughs) So, there's some equation that's not right. So I started to deconstruct that equation of the more money I made, the, the more in life that I'll have, because it wasn't true. And so through working with um, a somatic therapist and really like understanding like energies and chakras and, and reevaluating my relationship with my mother and how I never felt safe in my life and money was that source of safety, um, was I able to now lead a business that's truly aligned? Because let's be honest, when you're operating from a source of scarcity, you're an awful terrible manager too. Like I was micromanaging people. I was very transactional and nobody wants to work with someone like that. So through doing all the work to realize like there's no amount of money that will make me feel safe. I have to feel safe period as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I keep looking for an complete on your own, exactly. And so if I can lean into that abundance and trust that I can always make money and trust that no matter what happens, I will be okay. Um, That's when I started, my business started to shift. So I've got a cool invitation for you. Ever since the pandemic turned the health and fitness and wellness industry on its collective head, what I'm feeling called to do now is to help health and fitness entrepreneurs build and innovate and grow in their businesses. And I've opened up a brand new community on Facebook and I would love for you to come over and join me there. So if you are a business owner, If you are working on a brand new idea, if you're developing a new product, or if you're feeling called to serve at a higher level within the health and fitness and wellness space in the collective, I want to invite you to come over and join me there. Join me over in my Innovate and Grow for fitness and wellness professionals in the coaching space on Facebook. I would love to have you there. We've got lots of really fun things going on in there. I've got my weekly live show that I do every Wednesday at noon where I give away real informative business tips, the real stuff, folks. This isn't just some cheesy sales strategy. Come over and join me and innovate and grow for fitness and health wellness entrepreneurs on Facebook so that you don't miss any of the action. I will see you there. So I went from complete burnout not being a good manager, people leaving, people not wanting to work with me to like, now we're about to do a team retreat. And I'm like, we're staying in a five-star hotel. Like we're doing like spa days. And like every single one of my team member is so happy to work with me every day. And they tell me that like, this is a completely different person than I was, yeah. you know, 16 months Well, ago. it's your energy. Speaking of, it's your energy that's, that's creating all of that. So the, the everything that you went through is basically a mirror that mm-hmm. get the opportunity to say, hey, you know, 
there's so much more to it than just this. And it feels so good. It feels so good to have spaciousness in my life, to not feel guilty for every hour that I'm not working. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm still, listen, I'm still on this journey, right? Because I, as we a daughter of Chinese immigrants, I'm like, how can I save a buck or two? But, we all are. But I recognize that thought. And then I think, ooh, there, there it is again. It's that internal wiring. Yeah. So now I'm aware of it. And then I can make a decision if I want to keep going down that path or say, no, I'm going to make a different choice this time. Yeah. Or you always get to decide what it means. And see, I think that's where so many people either get lost or skip over that step or whatever. They think, why does this keep coming up? It must mean I'm doing something wrong. There's something that I haven't addressed. I must not be good at this. What's, you know, what's wrong rather than saying, hold on, wait a minute, I'm going to sit in this for a minute and feel the feelings, right? So you don't want to shut down. And then I'm going to say, all right, what do I want this to mean for me? What can I tell myself? That's going to help me kind of move forward because limiting thoughts, they don't just go away. So the people out there saying, oh, you get rid of your limiting beliefs. That's just, pardon me, that's just a load of crap. 100%. So what I'm just curious, um, in your experience, um, being that you work with other entrepreneurs and business leaders to teach them your strategy, I'm just, I'm curious, do you run into the same types of things that you've had to deal with in any of the people that you coach? I think so. I think it all comes down to our sense of self-worth and it and it look it manifests in different ways. Right? Right. So for it me, does. it was money. For other people, it's fear of being seen. So that's a big one because all that I'm doing in my community is to give you the confidence and tools to pitch yourself. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people, they're like, Yes, I want it, but then inside they're afraid to be seen and judged. So they mm-hmm. know they have a business, but they're playing small. Yeah. Right. So I think. I think that it all comes down to like self-worthiness. So it comes for me, it was, it was money for other people. It's afraid of being seen. So everyone's got their own little flavor, if you will, of yeah. how that manifests. Yeah. Well, and I also think too, that we can take the same line of logic, if you will, and apply it to our day-to-day self-care and how we do ourselves, whether it be something you're working on in your own health journey, you know, your health journey, for example, or mm-hmm improving your fitness or learning to fuel your body better or really paying attention to your vision and your beliefs and what you're telling yourself on a day-to-day basis. I think everything that we're talking about from a business perspective can be applied to how we do our day-to-day life too. Yeah. And one thing I will say, what I love about what you're doing is that self-care is abundant. Self-care is you treating yourself as a worthy human. The way I treated myself with work, 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 that was me treating myself like a slave to work, slave to yeah. capitalism. So yeah. one thing that I have done this year, which I feel so different, like if you've noticed now, I'm not even blinking that much. Like I feel yeah. like I'm just at a different vibrational level uh-huh. that I really prioritize self-care this year. So mm-hmm. what does that mean? It means that I'm saying no to all of these other social activities and creating more pockets of time where I do nothing or I just get to think or I just am alone. I think before I was so afraid of being alone because I didn't really have a family growing up. I was the only child. And so I just stuffed all of my time with distractions, with like social activities. Not to say yeah, that like social activities almost like a band-aid. I was always like always out. I was never alone. And so now I'm learning how to have balance and how to say no to social events, how to just have a balance. Cause I'm a very social person, you know? Um, but if you just Same. keep giving your energy out as a bottomless pit, where does the self-care go? So I've, I'm consciously investing that money in coaches 
in therapy, um, in training. Like I hired a somatic therapist. I do breath work. I train with a trainer in Bali four times a week. I signed up for kickboxing. I hired a trainer. And it doesn't mean that you have to put money to it, right? Like you can go to totally, the park and, totally. and walk every day and enjoy the sun for 20 minutes. But well, it's but just it's self-care also as well. like you're raising your hand and you're saying, I want more. So I'm, mm. uh, right. Mm. More that we invest in ourselves. I look, our mind and our body is the vessel through which we live our yes. business. We live our life for the example for somebody else at any point in time on somebody else's journey, they could be watching you and saying, I want what she has. So it's mm. responsibility to do that. Agreed. So I'm betting that someone out there is listening to our conversation. Um, one of the things I always tell myself before I interview any guest is what we talk about is going to come right on time for at least one person. And that's mm. why I do my show. Um, that, so I'm betting that that's the case right now. In fact, I know it is. So I'm wondering if you could offer us like some actionable tips or, you know, a, an easy strategy, kind of a, a mini checklist, just something bite-sized that my audience could, you know, anyone in listening right now could walk away with and start to implement in their life based on your experience. Well, first of all, I don't like lists. I don't like checklists. I don't like, you know, so I try to not have lists. Um, I, and I try to go with like how I feel. I think one simple strategy is before you say yes to do to doing anything of like, yes, I'll do this or yes, I'll like, just take like 10 seconds and just pause and check in with yourself and feel if you saying yes makes you feel more expanded or spacious or is it this like throaty kind of like agitation of like urgency? Like I have to say yes, because I want to keep up with the Joneses or if I want, you know, so anytime you're thinking you have too much of a full plate, which a lot of the people in my program do, I think it's about saying yes to too many things without taking that 10 second pause to really check in with yourself. Mm-hmm. So how, how would that look to somebody if they wanted to do that? They just need to like sit sit, kind of think it through or just kind of sit and just see what gut feeling is. So one of the things that I've noticed about myself since I've been on this self-care journey is before that, I used to answer text messages, emails at all hours of the night within 30 seconds. So somebody would email me and I would literally respond within 30 seconds, which is so unhealthy. But I felt this constant urge to respond all the time. And I was just always responding to people. Like I would be out on date night with my husband answering a customer service email, which could honestly could have waited. But because I lacked groundedness and checking in with myself that I just was always tethered to other people and what I thought they would think. So one thing I do now is I put my phone, you know, not in my bedroom anymore. I don't sleep with my phone in the room. And I actually delegated all of my customer service and DMs to my team. Now, obviously not everyone can do this, but I could have done it a long time ago, but I just didn't because I didn't want to, you know, like lose control of it. Now I don't even check my email that often anymore. Like I have my, you know, but we have, we create a system for it. So yeah. the emails that she, I need to check, she has a label for it and I'll check it at the end of the day. And I've noticed so much more spaciousness in my life. It's not this constant, like attached to the phone where I'm like in the bathroom and I'm like scrolling and in this m- mental loop. I think it's very difficult now with smartphones, you know, like you're always on. Yes. Um, so I'm actively trying to create more space and time between I answer. And here's another thing is when you're answering like that, you're teaching people that your time doesn't totally. matter. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're thinking, oh, she always writes me back right away. I'll go mm-hmm. this note right now. Exactly. And I'm still, I still have a long way to go. We still have 
pretty quick customer service, but I want to get to the point where I can just be off for like 48 hours or maybe three days and not get back to it. You know, that's like my goal. (laughs) I'm working toward that. Interesting. I love it. So where can people find you? So you can find me on all the socials at Gloria Chow PR. That's Gloria C-H-O-U-P-R. If you want to learn how I hacked PR and helped, I want to say like thousands at this point of entrepreneurs get into all the top magazine outlets for free without any PR experience, watch my signature PR masterclass. You can watch it right now at gloriachowpr.com slash masterclass. I show you word for word exactly how to write a pitch from the subject line to the closing sentence to get you featured. Mm. So it's gloriachowpr.com backslash masterclass. Masterclass. Mm -hmm. Masterclass. And that's on your website, I'm guessing? Yep. Awesome. Sounds great. I'm so glad we were able to chat. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And um, just giving us all kinds of good golden nuggets and reminders. I think the more we, we we need to be out there saying this to people often. So yeah, thank you for what doing what you're doing. This is honestly sacred work. So I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, so folks out there listening, if you would like to connect with Gloria, you will find all of her links in the show notes. You can go to her website or you can find any of her social media handles. They're all right there. You can connect with her, reach out, learn more about her story, connect with her if you're interested and uh, learning more about her work. Um, you know, everything that we talked about today can be applied, even though it was a lot about business, it can still be applied to your personal life, how you do your own health and fitness, how you do those daily self-care practices that literally help us recharge our batteries, you know, and to what we were talking about, you think about how you want to charge your phone every day or every other day or any of your devices, right? You just plug it into the wall. We have to do the same thing for us too. And that's one of the reasons why I do this show, because we it helps us, it helps me, it helps you to hear other people's stories, to hear what worked, what didn't work, and what their light bulb moments were, because we're really not all that, you know, I mean, I, I get asked a lot, oh, well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm just here and you're there. But, you know, we, we all function in very close to the same way, whether or not we want to admit it. So... Um, so please, if you know a friend or business colleague that would like you think could benefit from hearing this episode, please send them this link as a free gift from me. If you'd like, you can go to my website at www.theallisonk.com and write to me directly from there. And me or someone on my team will take care of that for you. Um, this is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life. So make it a good one. Bye.